We're back. I'm Drew McGarry. And I'm David Roth. And uh, coming in September 2020, a new site we have built together called... Defector. Defector, and we're going to have a new podcast to go with it. This very podcast, which has the name... The Distraction. It's out right now, and it's available everywhere else you get your podcast. At Stitcher, Spotify, Apple. Go listen right now to The Distraction everywhere. It's out right now. Go listen. See ya. Bye. So back in the day, when you made it to the NFL, I knew for sure that it was about to be a rap for me, yo. Are you serious? <laughs> you dead ass. That's funny because when I made it to the NFL and I was going for the first time, I just knew you was back here thotting. What? Yes. You was out. Oh, you was my out. God. Yes. You, and you wasn't, say you as, wasn't. As Jasmine Sullivan would say, why you gotta you be go. so insecure? You damn, made me that it's way. Not you even, did. It's not even karaoke time yet, but damn. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm DeVal. And we're the Ellis's. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention, we're married. Yes, sir, we mm-hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. When we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we're about to take pillow talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts now. So... I'm a rookie in the NFL, and this is the first time Kadeen and I are away from each other for an extended period of time. We're in different states. So every Thursday, Kadeen used to go out with her homegirls, right? And I would be at home, and, you know, it's a stressful time for me because I'm playing ball. Um, I was hurt at the time, so I was, you know, trying to get through that, get through everything going on in the season. And she would be going out every single Thursday. So I'm like, all right, bet you're going out. All I ask is that, when you leave wherever you are, just call me so I know you got home okay, right? This day in particular, she calls me. She's like, yo, I'm trying to leave tracks. She used to hang out at tracks. She's like, I'm trying to leave tracks, and this guy got me double parked, and he won't let me leave until I give him his phone, my phone number. And, like, you know, some of the guys that I'm with is trying to tell him to chill. So I'm like, I'm, I'm in Detroit. You know, yo, you want me to come home? I'll come home right now. Like, that's, that's my thought process. Like, I'm going to get on a plane right now. <laughs> so she's like, no, I'm just letting you know. You know what I'm saying? No, it's come to guys we with uh, are trying to talk to him. The bouncer's going to talk to him. He's like, and then she goes, oh, wait, wait, wait. He just left. He left. He left. So I'm like, all right, cool. Call me when you get home. So I'm up now. Now, I got practice in the morning, but I'm up now waiting for her to call me, and she does not call me, right? Doesn't call me. So now it's 7 a.m., I go in, in in the morning for, for lifting. I go in the morning for meetings. I still don't got no phone calls. Then randomly I get a phone call from her mom. And her mom is like, hey, dudes, have you heard from Kadeen? And I'm like, no. She was out last night. And she's like, oh, okay, well, let me know if you hear anything because she's not home and we haven't heard from her. So I'm like, all right, bet. So now I'm calling her phone, calling her phone in between meetings. No answer, right? Now we're getting ready to go to special teams meeting, which is like 830, a whole hour and a half past. No answer. I'm calling her phone, calling her phone, nothing. Then I get a call from my mom. My mom is like, yo, um, have you heard from Kadeen this morning? I'm like, no. And she's just like, well, nobody can find her, and they're calling around. So now I'm panicking. And I'm like, yo, what the hell? Like, like she always called me, but she never called me last night. And I know some dude had her double parked. I wonder if they followed her from the club. So now I'm getting, like, I'm getting vexed, and I'm nervous. Then my mom calls me back. 
babe, I think you should come home. So I'm like, what's the matter? Like, tell me. She's like, no, I think you should just come home. So I'm like, yo, they know something. They don't want to tell me over the phone, son. Something happened to my girl. So now I'm in the middle of the locker room. I'm like breaking down, crying because I think something wrong. NFL securities, every team has their own security. They're like, yo, DeVal, what's the matter? And I tell them, like, listen, my girl left last night. She was supposed to call me when she got home. She never got home. And the reason why this is serious is because things happen to players, families all the time. You know, I know y'all heard about the, you know, times they left, they held people for ransom, they do home invasions. So if people know that you're away, they try to get access to you by using the people close to you. So now I'm nervous, like, yo, people know that I'm playing in the league and now somebody went and just took my girl. So now I'm, I'm like, I'm vexed, I'm tight, I'm crying, I'm nervous, and I'm on my way home. They get me a plane ticket and I'm calling Kadeem's phone and it's, now it's going straight to voicemail. And I'm like, somebody got a phone and they chopped off, they cut the phone off. So now I get to the airport, I'm in the line. And my phone rings. I look at the phone. It's Kadeen's face. So I pick the phone up and I'm like, yo, whoever this is got my girl phone. She's like, hey, babe. <laughs> I'm like, Kadeen. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yo, what, like, what happened? She's like, I was leaving and then I saw Uncle Emil when I was on my way out. And he was like, you know, you look like you've had a couple of drinks. You need to come stop by and stay by me. So I went and stayed by him. But I left my phone in the car and I fell asleep. And I didn't realize it got so late. And now it's 1230 and I woke up to 40 messages. Sure did. All I did was hang up the phone, y'all. I didn't say <laughs> nothing to her. But now you talk about insecurities. I get back to the locker room and everybody's like, what happened? I was like, oh, she fell asleep. So now they all like, uh-huh, she fell asleep. Huh? Uh-huh. She didn't call you, right? Look yeah. at y'all. Uh-huh. Look at y'all. Yeah. Putting stuff in my man's head. No, you put stuff in my head. Because all you had to do was call me, but you didn't. I didn't. Yes. I didn't. You made me insecure. I'm sorry. My bad. It's not okay. My I'm bad. St- I, st- I still heard from that. <laughs> I still got PTSD from that. Because you did a lot of shit in that little bit of time. <laughs> no, nothing you. on you. No, 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 nothing on you, baby. No, nothing on they you. Might say All right, Bruno. Get it. And I might say hey. Don't you say hey. But you shouldn't worry mm-hmm. about what they say. I'm going to say hey, too. they got nothing on you, <laughs> KK. If you say so. Nothing on you. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing on you, you baby. I, thank you. Nothing I appreciate you, that. Baby. That totally calms my insecurities that I feel from time to time. Does it really? Yes. So, so we're talking insecurities. Well, you thought we talk about the league and you being in that, um, the NFL and how that too, you know, it just adds a layer of, you know, what ifs because mm-hmm. of the exposure that you now have. Um, so it brings me to Miss um, Aisha Curry. Mm-hmm. And uh, the recent comment that she made on Red Table Talk with uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. And, and we have um, the clip, right? We do have the clip. So let's play the clip and let's see what it is that's caused quite the hysteria and have people dragging her. Something that really bothers me and like honestly has given me a sense of a little bit of an insecurity is the fact that, yeah, like there are all these women like throwing themselves. But me, like the past 10 years, like I don't have any of that like I have zero this sounds weird but like male attention and so then you like I begin to internalize it. it and I'm like you're, is something wrong with you're me not, like, you're not looking can you speak to that because um okay so you, first of you, all I mean she has three children you have three children right, right I'm right. not gonna even talk about it. she just had a baby recently she, right? yes I don't even think their youngest son is even a year yet 
Okay. I don't think he's a so, year. He's under a year. What are your thoughts um, about so the statement? So I, I think that it was completely taken out of context for the for the major- majority of what I've been hearing. Mm-hmm. And people are making it seem as if, oh, she just wants, you know, to be, how can this married woman want attention from just random men? How dare she want to be desired by other men? And I feel like there's truth to what she said. There's truth to what she said, and she's being honest, and it's sad that she's being judged and she's being dragged for just being honest in the moment. After having children, regardless of if you're married, say if you're not even married, say you're a single mom, having children is one thing that can completely alter you physically. It can Mm -hmm. alter you emotionally. It Mm -hmm. can alter you in so many different ways. So sometimes just knowing that the opposite sex still finds you attractive, that you can still catch someone's eye when you walk into a room, that little affirmation sometimes will help to calm the insecurity that you have Mm -hmm. as a woman or as a mom. And I don't think that she was asking for a ton of men to just be like, hey, look at me. I'm flaunting myself around. But it's just nice to know that people are still looking. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And to me, I to can me, feel the same way as a mom, but I feel like Aisha is on a platform where there's probably a level of respect that a lot of men have for her because it's like, yo, absolutely. that's Steph's wife. Absolutely. So I would never overstep the boundaries, yo. you know? And and Jada mentioned that she, her radar wasn't on and she wasn't looking. Well, clearly she's looking because if she's walking yeah, into I a agree. room and she notices that no one's noticing her, it's making her feel some kind of way. Well, there's, there's a, a ton of different layers to this. The first thing I want to touch on what you said is it's out of respect to Steph, number one. I remember being in the locker room when someone, and, and you know, a lot of these athletes have beautiful wives. When someone's wife walk in a room, you automatically turn that radar off as a man. That's somebody's wife. Right. You know what I'm saying? You mm. don't, you don't oogle mm. somebody's wife. Mm. I, I'm, I'm just saying you what, what I'm, I'm respectful. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I, this is what, this is what we, you know, the, the, the elders in the league told me like, yo, that's somebody's wife. Cause sometimes a chick will walk in and you're like, yo, who's that? And they'll be like, right. yo, chill. That's. So-and-so's wife. Like, right. Oh, my bad. I guess it depends on your reaction, too, because right. you can internalize like, wow, a beautiful woman has entered the room. Right. But it depends on how you react. Right. Right. Because I know for a fact that even you, for example, you can appreciate that someone else's wife is beautiful. We've, we've yeah, spoken but, about but that the, before. But the difference is, is that she wants to know that someone is looking. That's different. Someone right. recognizing that you're beautiful can right. do that on the low. Probably right. a lot of guys do recognize that she's beautiful. Right. She wants to know that people recognize. Right. And I think that's right. where people have the issue. Now, right. So that's where it gets tricky. And this like, is where it gets know? tricky and there are a couple of different layers to this. The first thing is she was dragged one but she was also, a lot of people came to her defense. Mm-hmm. And let's, let's be honest, she's a public figure. Mm-hmm. When you're a public figure you're always, especially polarizing like that, you're always going to have people who agree with you and people who don't. You can't feel sorry for someone who openly makes a statement and people don't agree with them. That's what happens right. when you're a public figure. Right. She gets paid to present herself. Mm-hmm. So when someone doesn't agree, you can't feel bad for them. People are entitled to agree and disagree. Everybody's not going to agree with everything we say on this podcast. So I can't then ask for sympathy if someone says that I don't agree with what DeVal says mm-hmm. and then... A group of people agree with that person. Hey, that's that's part of it. That's part right. of the course. That comes with it. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, I think a lot of it has to do with the what she said prior mm-hmm. to just this statement. Right. And so I think when people it came are to pulling the whole slut shaming controversy. Right. Right. People people are putting that with this and saying mm-hmm. it's hypocritical because her statements were 
And first of all, it was in, in defense. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely in defense of her bathing suit. She right. had a full body bathing suit and people were just like, yo, she's dressed like a Mormon. And her right. defense was, look, a lot of people like to be naked. That's not my style. Mm-hmm. I like to save the goods for the one that matters. Right. Because, you know, social media will not let you forget. They right. were pulling up all the receipts. Right. You know, about this comment that she made around the whole slut shaming controversy. Right. And, and even with that comment, people were saying, oh, she was just defending herself. You can defend yourself mm-hmm. without pointing the finger at other people. She could have said, yo, this is my style. Mm-hmm. That could have been defending herself. Right. She could have said, oh, my husband like it. Right. That could have been defending herself. But saying everybody likes to be naked right. and I save it for the one, that is taking a jab at women who right. show their bodies are a little bit more revealing. Right, because she did say at one point, too, like she was looking at the latest fashion trends and she'll take classy over trendy any day of the week. So just because she decides to dress that way, she still wants to get eyes. It doesn't matter how she's she's dressed. And that's fair. And and the truth of the matter is you don't have to be revealing to get attention. Mm -hmm. But the issue comes where you make a statement like that Mm -hmm. and you end in the statement, you say, I'm saving the goods for the one that matters. If he's the one that matters, why publicly... Right. Then say you want attention from other people. You just proclaim that he's the one that matters. And I think that's where a lot of men found the hypocrisy in that, because it's like, yo, if you're going to say you're saving it for the one that matters, why are you telling people that other people's opinion of you, of matter? you matters too? if right. he's the one, if right. he's the one that matters? Why? And and the thing is, I understand it. Right. I do. But too. It's, it's, the contradictory nature it's the contradictory of the nature things. of it. And because she's a public figure, it's easy right. to attack her on it. I'm not saying she's wrong. Right. Because I agree with her. Mm-hmm. We all want attention. Mm-hmm. That's why Instagram exists. Exactly. That's why there's a like button. Exactly. Anytime you post a picture. And that's why likes. Uh, that's why if your picture is posted at the wrong time and don't get enough likes, you're liable to delete that shit and repost it at another high traffic time. Everybody does Everybody it. She was not lying. It. She was telling right. the truth. Right. But there's another layer to this. Uh-huh. This Aisha Curry <laughs> dig, thing, dig right? a little deeper. Dig, dig a, little a little deeper, deeper. right? People do not like her. Mm-hmm. And they touched on it. Who don't like they her, touched yes. on it on the episode, right? Mm-hmm. She's half black, half white. Right. Fair skin, hazel eyes. Mm-hmm. It's easy in our community to drag someone that looks like that because of the colorism that, that exists. exists. Yep. Especially when someone like that who is yes. so privileged yes. speaks about not getting attention right. when light-skinned people in the black culture have always gotten, gotten the, the attention. attention. It's so that easy to not like somebody. Very it's, good You know what I'm point. saying? Yes. For example, it's like, how dare you feel some kind of way right, about right. people not gawking over you because, bitch, you got everything that everybody quote-unquote wants. She got a, the lighter skin, the hazel eyes, according to colorism. She has, yes. she has a, a prominent male athlete husband. Right. She has her own TV shows. Right. It seems like everything in her life mm-hmm. is going perfect. So why are you and complaining, com- bitch? And that's like, really, and that's <laughs> that's really what, what it is. It. Yes. And is. Is it fair? No, no, it's not fair because she's entitled to feel the way she feels. Yes. And I applaud her courage to say how she feels as a person. Right. But a lot of this stuff and a lot of the backlash she's getting has a lot to do with that as well. For example, if it were Lupita, Mm-hmm. If it were Michelle Obama who made these statements, who have a strong following of, of women who support her, I doubt there would have been as much dragging mm. of her comments mm-hmm. because there's a certain level of respect that comes with those people who say those comments. So sometimes it's not even about the comment. Right. It's about who says the, the comment. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And because she already got the backlash for women for for slut shaming, mm-hmm. which you got to be you got to know. You know, you got to know the, the climate. Got it is it. 2019. Right. The one thing you cannot do mm-hmm. in this day and age is try to downplay 
women and what they have gone through in this country. So when you downplay not a woman in her, in her sexuality, not today, a color, mm-hmm. you become the villain. And when you become the villain, anything you say after that is going to be scrutinized. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like she just got scrutiny because there's a lot of people who just don't like her. Mm-hmm. And it's not fair because she's, it's, from, from what I know, I don't really know her. She seems like a decent, hardworking mother of three mm-hmm. who really loves her family, who wants right. to build her business. Right. But she said some things that now every time she's on Twitter, they blast her. She said some things about the NBA. They blasted her. She said some things about the right. finals. They blasted her. It's like, right. but that's what happens when you're in the public, when you're in the public eye. Well, talking about the finals now, I guess as an athlete, some men, I think, felt like it was selfish of her to have this platform at this time, being that it is the playoffs and it's a big, you know, stressful time. It can be a major life-changing moment for, for Steph, you know, to get more accolades. Mm. Do you think it was a bad time now for her to now insert herself into some sort of discourse and dialogue to be around her? Well, first thing, shout out to the dubs. The shit ain't working because Steph been going off since this hey. happened. So shout out Respect to... Respect the shit. Exactly. Shout out to Steph for that. But the biggest thing is, when you're when you're a wife, you get tired of people telling you that you have to put your career around your husband's career. She got her own career. She wanted to do the interview. She probably did the interview months ago. Mm-hmm. She don't know when the interview was going to air. Right. How was she supposed to know it was going to air around game six of the semifinals of the Western Conference? Right. She doesn't know that. Right. You understand right. what I'm right. saying? And her like, feelings are her feelings regardless of what time right. of year it is. And, so. and what happens too is, is that this platform and this forum was for her. And the women in that room. Right. She's not worried about the right. NBA finals. Right. Now, if you're a man, I do get it. If you're saying, like, baby, we're doing this together, you know what I'm saying? This is part of the, you know, part of building our legacy mm-hmm. because let's be real, part of her legacy is that she's Steph's wife. As long as she even if she wants to say, like, I don't want to be known as Steph's wife, right. you can Too say bad. that. Too you bad. can say that. A lot of the opportunities she's afforded, she's afforded because right. she's Steph's wife. We cannot Absolutely. discredit that. Absolutely. And you and I talk about this too. If there's something going on in your life that I have to be cognizant of that time, it's only fair for the two of us to be on that. Yes. Same thing with me. You have to be on the Do same I agree life. that the timing was messed up? I mm-hmm. doubt that she said drop the story now during the playoffs but I could see how men are saying you know what it is a little selfish for her to talk about this now during the playoffs I can, I can understand that true, you know, true. It's, it's just knowing your spouse and knowing that if something in their career could take them to another level or if this is legacy defining mm-hmm. you want to be supportive and you don't want to distract or bring any outside noise to what they're doing right. they're trying to focus on the task bringing the outside noise exactly. creates a little bit of a hindrance well, it especially seems like Steph was not concerned in the least about everyone dragging her because he did post something in response saying that he was proud of her for standing her ground and you know it's because funny because that's be- what you do if you you're a strong to. husband yeah you have to support you, you your support. wife and you see you know that he knows I'm sure that she's in this spot like because of his platform and right. who he is so he has to support her in that sense absolutely and, and her honesty is what life is about. Exactly. You share. You share. The transparency. It's like we ask for these platforms and we ask for people to be honest. And we ask for people to tell it like it is and, you know, tell the truth. And then you drag them for telling the truth. Like, I'm sure at some point within this podcast, not this one per se, but just in our podcast career, we may get dragged for certain things that we say Probably. for being honest. Probably. For being honest. But, but it's like, you so what do you want me to do? No, you know, you, you can't worry about that because as an artist, as an artist... Your your focus is to invoke thought. Right. Not to get everybody to agree with yes. you. It's, it's to art, make it's people subjective. think. 
Yes. You see what I'm saying? So if, create if dialogue. you create dialogue, if you can make somebody feel an emotion, mm-hmm. whether they dislike what you said or something, you made them feel something as an artist. That's what it's supposed to do. You're, You're not supposed right to just create that. art to make everybody agree with you. Yes. In that case, it's just not art. It's politics. Yes. And that's not she's not into politics. She's not into politics. And that's the approach we even take to with social media and the things that we post. It's like we're putting things out there to engage people. Right. So whether you feel a way about it, good, bad, ugly, you felt something, Absolutely. which is a good thing. If you're just scrolling by and you're not feeling some kind of way, then chances were it was irrelevant to begin with. And and to be 100 percent fair and honest, I do applaud her for her honesty, because a lot of people and like you said, a lot of women who have children probably feel the same way she feels. Yes. And if no one shares the way they feel, you feel alone. Like, And you feel like you're the only one. And, and you when feel you like feel you're alone, abnormal. You see? And, and that's why I can applaud what she's, what she's done. I can as well. Because it creates dialogue. Absolutely. Everybody's not going to like it. Oh, well. Oh, well. Oh, well. Everybody's not going <laughs> to like it. You're going to have the people who are going to judge regardless. You know? uh, shout out to Aisha for yeah. you know, and speaking shout out her to truth. For being Speaking supportive. And that's what they're supposed to do. Because at the yes. end of the day, like I said on United Instagram, front. them two, the only two that matter. Right. As long as he like it, she love it. As long as she like it, he love and it. And that's knows? all that matters. They could have had a big eruption in their household. They could have been at odds. But you know what? Not in front of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Not in front of y'all. Because <laughs> that's how I felt when she didn't answer her phone and I was in the locker room crying in front of all my boys. We had a big eruption when I got home. Yes, we definitely did. And then we stepped eruption. out later and everybody was like, hey, hey, they look fine. Yeah, uh-huh. we're fine. In front of y'all. Keep your business in your house. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that bothered me the most, right, uh-huh. was that people were making it a woman thing or right. a, a pregnancy thing. Oh, it's because she just had a baby. <laughs> It's not because she just had a baby. Right. It's because she's a person. Well, no, that's part of it, though. That's part of it. I don't think it's part of it. You don't think having a baby has a lot to do with women having insecurities? No, no, no. Not her insecurities. I don't think her having a baby oh. had anything to do with her statement. Her I'm wanting about to attention. Say, don't mansplain the whole baby situation. I, I'm trying not to. I'm trying okay, to stay good. out of it. That's good. why I said it was a uh-huh. man. It's not a. It's not a woman thing. It's a person. It's thing. a person thing. Anybody who desires someone else mm-hmm. seeks attention from the people who are in that group. Okay. So if you're a man, right. And you desire women. Mm-hmm. You seek attention from women. Right. That has not. You don't have to be pregnant and have a baby to then want attention from the no, other sex. No, absolutely. So it's not to me. Her statements had nothing to do with her just having a baby. Right. It was just being a human. Like yo, I want to know I look good. Right. I do that. Right. I wake up in the morning. I be like, yo, let me make sure my shit fresh. <laughs> so when I walk out of here, because I I do want you to see women checking me out. So that I could put you on notice, like you see that people's noticing the you. People know exactly. Uh, exactly. Exactly. I get it. Yeah, however, yeah, yeah. however, I'm going to stop you right there, so I can tell my portion of what happened with that story. Tell your tell your portion. Okay, because you ahead. sound like you got back in your feelings again, and you rewound to like 15 years ago. I did when I, this all I, went I, down. I'm still very upset. I'm not <laughs> even going to lie to you. I I get upset once a week about no. that because you still do the same thing. You get in an Uber, and I'm like, Yo, call I me know. when you get there. I'm and so it's like, bad. Hey, I never got to call you. I never got to call you, baby. I just don't understand I just why so I always excited. have to sound like that, though. Because that's how you sound when you know you do something wrong. And then I'll be over here vexed. Lecturing me. So, yes, I was wrong in that I did not call the Val or someone to t- check in and touch base when I got to my destination. But what happened was, okay, mm-hmm. that night after I dropped my friend home, 
I happened to, at the stoplight, literally, my uncle pulled up alongside me. I guess he recognized my car, and it was just like a happenstance thing. Mm-hmm. And at this point, it was like 1.30, almost 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. So he was like, yo, what you doing out late? Whatever. I'm like, I'm just coming from, you know, having some drinks with my friends, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. And he was like, yo, you good to drive? Like, you going back to your parents' house? I'm like, mm-hmm. nah, I'm going to Long Island back to school. Mm-hmm. And he was like, nah, like, it's almost 2 o'clock in the morning. There's no way I'm going to let you drive mm-hmm. almost an hour back to school right now. He was like, why don't you just come? chill by us and then get up in the morning and go back to school. So I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I could drive. I'm good. I really didn't have that much to drink. I was watching it because, you know, I know I had to drive. And he's like, okay, follow me home. Go, hunt, go, you know, get some rest, whatever. Stop looking at me like that. I'm just, I'm just saying, because if it's a dude telling this story to his girl, the first thing you're going to say is, oh, that's that bitch name. Her bitch name is my oh, uncle. That my bitch name God. is my uncle. Tell that bitch, stop lying for you. <laughs> Tell her, stop lying for you. Whatever uncle you're going to call us, that's what that's what you would do if what it was me. But go ahead, finish your story. You ended up speaking to my family finish, after, finish. though, because everybody pretty much had to, like, it you wasn't know, me. The FBI, calm him down. The FBI called your family. No, it was it was for real, though. So I got to his house, left, of course, got to the house, crashed, fell asleep, um, and I left my phone in the car. Didn't even realize it. So they got up. They left for work in the morning. They were like, oh, Kadeen's sleeping so peacefully. Let's leave her alone. I finally get back to my phone to go drive back to school that morning. And literally, there was like 48 messages, text messages, voicemails, everything. Yo, your mom's calling me crying, son. Yo, everyone on my mom's job, like, stopped looking for me. My baby. And this was literally about like 9 a.m. at the time. So I was technically, quote unquote, missing from like. 2 a.m. To, to 9 a.m. So in a seven-hour window, all of this transpired, but and you know, I was on, like, my third dream. You do understand, though, it's also the the context of everything. It's no, because absolutely. I was playing ball. Right. Um, that was around the same year where there were a bunch of home invasions. Right. And things were happening to athletes. So no, they absolutely. take these things, these type of things very seriously. Yo, super se- Like, y'all have no so, idea. Like, literally the FBI, like, broke into my phone. They checked my voicemails, my text messages, everything. So if I was creeping, you would have known. Because the FBI would have probably blew my ass up. Likely story. <laughs> they would have blew me Everybody up. knows a woman cheats better than the FBI. Oh, my and God. Not even Shut the FBI up. can catch a woman cheating. <laughs> You're so Shoot. stupid. Shoot. But they literally and they literally went through my call log and like called all of like my recent calls, everybody I was with. Like it was a whole big thing that happened in a matter of seven hours. Like I couldn't even believe it. And literally, if some if Deval was just asleep and it wasn't a big thing and he woke up at nine o'clock that morning, I would have probably had my phone and none of this would have happened. Yes, if you were but, responsible. But I no, yeah, I know. I do have to get better with that though, just because it's a crazy <sighs> world and he will be like, Yo, call me Facts, when you get to your destination. Me? And sometimes I just be forgetting, like nobody wanna <laughs> Nobody but I can that. see how in that moment, you not being with me after being with me all this time, there were probably a ton of different things racing through your minds, you know, with, with your, your teammates then, you know, saying like, I wonder where your girl really was you or like me. little things like you that. Embarrassed I can get me. how embarrassing it was. Okay. So I apologize again. 22 years old. 14 years removed from the situation. I apologize. My testosterone all high. I can't. You know what I'm saying? So the ta- so the takeaway from this whole story is whenever you get to your destination, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> make sure that you contact your significant other and let them know that you're there safely. Yes. Because yes, this, this all could have please. been avoided if I had even shot you a text message and then be like, yo, I'm going to stay by my aunt and uncle in Brooklyn. And yeah, I'm all you had to do was let me know that you was good. Right. You let me know you was good. You was at Didn't your destination. Didn't even realize that yo, we'd have, we'd my phone straight. wasn't there. I like crashed on the couch. And we'd have been straight. Here we are. Here we are. And, and to lead into how that made me insecure, 
like I said, this was the first time that we've been away from each other since we met at 18. And now I was already a little bit insecure because, yo, you got a beautiful girlfriend. You in the NFL. Your girlfriend's at home. She's hanging out with her friends and a bunch of other dudes that you don't know. Of course, if I'm those dudes, I'm going to shoot my shot. And I don't know them like that. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I'm a little insecure. I'm wondering, like, yo, what you know, what is she doing? Who is she out with? And at the same time, I'm trying to be respectful to the fact that she's an adult and we're individuals. So I, at no point was I ever like, nah, you can't go out. Right. It you was never like, said that. It was like, you know what, go have fun. And I'm going to try to deal with this internally. Right. And try not to seem like the jealous, overbearing boyfriend. Because I'm not. I'm not like that. But inside, it was still kind of like, you know, I, I, you know I, I hope that, you know, I'm still the one that keeps her attention mm-hmm. while we're going through this process together. And there were times that left me very insecure. Like, there were times I was just like, you and know what, fuck me, it. And to me, that was crazy. Because now that we speak about it openly, of course, this is a long time ago. Now that we speak about it openly, I'm like... Bro, you were insecure with me being here in Brooklyn and in Long Island while you were now in the NFL. Like, talk about insecurities as a woman, you know, at the time feeling still like a young girl in a relationship with my man who I have to now stay in Long Island because at this point I was now continuing grad school. So DeVal graduated from college and the the year he graduated, I was... um, still in grad school so I had one more year left to finish the program before I could even like leave Long Island so all I'm thinking about is my man who is fine as hell of course to me and some several women who's a charmer I would and, hope so you know and I'm just like yo he's about to be in a completely different arena yeah he is gonna be with these women who are like professional you know, <laughs> professional, professional and getting yeah, themselves together yeah, and being within the VIP and wherever these players are. Yeah. So I couldn't even fathom DeVal having any kind of insecurities surrounding me being here. I'm like little old me in Brooklyn Son, going to these I've, local spots. Like, no, what are you worried about? I'm going to tell you the truth. It's not it's not so much just insecurities. When your focus is on that one woman, it doesn't matter how many other women are out there. You st- that that one woman right there. That's yours. That's my woman. I don't. I don't care. Like I, I, even 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 dudes. I know dudes who are not in committed relationships. But there's that one girl, who that's that. He's like, yo, that's my that's my baby. It don't matter if he got a bunch of other women. That one girl right there. He don't want nobody else to touch that one girl. And men get insecure about that. Because they want that one woman. A lot of times we don't even know how to be in that type of relationship with that woman. But if that's the one woman you want to share that time with or you want that one woman to only want have your interests, you get insecure about her being around other dudes because you a dude. And you know how dudes are. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And me, I'm I'm competitive. Like I walk in any room, I'm not I'm I don't fear anybody else in the room. But the issue is the distance. We weren't around each other. Right. We weren't like we. I right. was going for four months. Like if there's a surefire way to feel insecure about anything in your relationship, throw some distance in that bitch. That, yeah, that and was you're tough gonna be for like, us. uh, damn. Yeah, that that was tougher. It was a change. And and it's a distance that's not even like controlling the person or or knowing where they are at all times or like right. being in their face at all times. But it's just knowing that when they have those vulnerable moments or they have those moments where they really are in need of you or in need of you know a yeah. touch or a conversation or something, you can't fulfill that at that moment. And I right. I felt badly about that. So me going out on like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday with my homegirls was really me just trying to pass the time. Like it, it was nothing more than, damn, it's a Thursday night. 
you know, I have no class on Friday. It's I get the it. weekend. I get it. Like, I get how it. am I going to get through missing my husband, not my husband at the time, but missing my man who's not here if I'm just sitting around in the apartment doing nothing? Yo, so that was my way of coping with the, the distance. The but funny I can see how is, it made you insecure. I was mature enough to understand that at the time. But that doesn't make it easy. Right. And you know what's funny about men, right? And a lot of men won't say this. You know why men get insecure with women? Because of the things women do when they got men with you when you don't have a girl. Mm-hmm. You know that that's somebody else's girl. In the back of your mind, you're like, yo, that's somebody else's girl who's doing these things with me. Mm-hmm. It makes you wonder, like, yo, when I get a girl. Right. If she's going to do those same things. Right. So it's funny to me sometimes when, when I hear women say, oh, niggas ain't shit. Mm-hmm. It's like. You know why niggas ain't shit? Because they got somebody who ain't shit to do ain't shit things with. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's it's, it's like, I think it's it's so unfair to just categorize men as niggas ain't shit. I got boys and like I I played in the league. Mm -hmm. I got boys. We tell stories. We sit Mm -hmm. in the locker rooms. And there are married women, just like there are married men, who Mm -hmm. do things. Right. So for for women, they don't understand either sometimes like why men so reluctant to be and committed because sometimes we've experienced things with those women who were supposed to be committed to someone else with them mm-hmm. that makes you kind of like you know what I ain't doing it. And the thing is, I understand that women like it's it's easy for 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 women for me to say I understand why women are insecure because men play the field. Right. They're like you know like they dogs. But they're not they're so not, they not playing it by themselves though. So I get that right, point. That's my point. I, I get that you know? point because you know a- along with women who want you know fidelity and they want the, someone to be faithful to them, you have your team of women who are also like, well, I don't care. It's not my husband. What happens in their household is not my business. Right. Like they, there are women who are like that who right. are just like, well, I don't care. That's one less thing for me to be worried about. So that's so I get it. So that's how I felt. When mm-hmm. I'm 22 years old and my girl is miles away. Right. And it's not like we were married. No, we weren't. You know what I'm saying? We weren't. We we were not married. So it was just like, yo, she actually is free to do whatever she wants. Mm-hmm. And another thing is, too, when you're in that, that league, you're not sitting there at just chilling all day. It's a stressful time. Mm-hmm. So you go from a stressful time and you come home to an empty home. You know, you're, you're worried every week if you're going to make the team or not. You know, the money, yeah, the money is good. But here's another thing, too. You're playing in a different city with teammates that from week to week change. It's not like college. In college, you have all of your buddies there that you oh, got recruited yeah. the with. The whole camaraderie. The, yeah, yeah, you go back to the dorms, you do all that stuff. When you play in the NFL, right. there's no dorms. When you leave the locker room, people got families. Right. People go back to their friends and right. stuff. So you go home by yourself. Right. It's not like you just out here just balling out of control. No, you going back home, you got to read the playbook. If you're a rookie, you got special teams meetings. So mm-hmm. there were other factors that made me kind of like I was more introverted during that time because I was so focused on football that it's like I only wanted to spend time with the person who was my safety net during college. And right. I didn't have you, you know, and that, that kind of made me mm-hmm. insecure. Absolutely. You know, I really think about how our insecurities cause us to now create this whole entire narrative around what took place in a moment. You know what I, I mean? Get, yeah, I do, I do. So, for example, you know, I put on a swimsuit and I'm, you know, out at the pool. And you look at me with the screw face. Mm-hmm. 
Now I'm thinking to myself, well, damn, DeVal don't like this swimsuit. Maybe <laughs> maybe I put on a little bit too much weight. Maybe these stretch marks is extra stretchy today. Like, what exactly <laughs> can, tr- you know, trigger something in my mind to now create this entire story around it that now affects saying. me internally? And I may not be able to divulge to you in that moment. I'll just go back upstairs and put my cover on and be like, you know what? Fuck the pool today. And then that creates an issue because now I'm like, yo, I- Yo, why you put the cover up on and you got an attitude now? That right. happens a lot. A with lot. Us. It does happen it sometimes. Does. And it could just be like you checked your phone and just realized like your stocks dropped. So you was tight about right. losing some money or I something. I don't even want to. They had nothing can to do. Can we knock on some wood True. on that, please? Because yeah. I don't even want to talk about We don't want to talk dropping. about stocks. Been there. <laughs> Been there, done that. Don't, don't want to do that again. But, Move uh, the hell on. I, I feel you. And I have a question, though. Mm-hmm. As, a, as a woman, do you feel like there's added pressure with everything, with Instagram, with TV. Oh my God. Absolutely. To, to uphold the standard that. Absolutely. Because I know a lot of women talk about, and we talked about this with the snapback. Right. Where people were, you know, you were getting some backlash because yes. you kept putting snapback. Right. And they were just like, oh, why why she got a snapback? Yes. What, yes. What, what yes, is yes, that yes. like? It, it, you know, it's crazy that the whole snapback and the whole negative connotation that it has gotten over time to me is a little ridiculous mm-hmm. um, because. I mean, I know where it stems from. It stems from social media. It stems from celebrity culture. It stems from the images that we see mm. where women have these babies and then they are snapping back, quote unquote, you know, mm. in a matter of weeks. Right. Whereas if you look at <laughs> most women, mm. majority of what of what we do is trying to spend time in that postpartum nursing our baby and taking care right. of our child and, and loving ourselves again and right. loving our new bodies. Right. And that in itself is difficult to deal with. Talk about yes. insecurities. You know yes. what I mean? I can see. That. I remember you going through that. I remember yeah. you going through that. Yeah. So for me, the whole snapback, I didn't think have to take a negative connotation. Snapping back for me was like saying within my time, meaning the time frame that I set forth for myself, mm-hmm. did not have to be weeks. It could have been months. I mean, my OBGYN and midwife told me it takes a full year for a woman's body mm-hmm. to really balance out and refocus after a baby. But isn't the key to snap back to snapping back fast, though? Because it wouldn't be called a snapback. If it if it happens slow, it, I mean it's not that's a true. snap because a snap is fast. <laughs> right, it I mean, wouldn't be a snapback. It'd be a drawback. Is, if, <laughs> drawback. Oh, here, here, okay with the weak, drawback. Weak no. ass rubber band. What the? Fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> no, it's true. Yes, yes, yes. You're absolutely right. There is like a certain time period, I guess, that the snapback does take place. So can but I, can it's I ask the reason for the snapback. Like that, you want to compete with other women, or are you doing this because you just want to get back to yourself? And for me, was it was a matter of getting back to who Kadeen was. So whatever my snapback period time frame was, like for me, I try to give myself at least a year to be kind and realize that it's mm-hmm. not going to happen for me overnight. A because I'm enjoying my baby, I'm enjoying my family. I particularly don't like to work out. I'm not. I would never profess to be a fitness buff or anything. Mm-hmm. So I take my time with getting things back. I love food. I know y'all see me dance and you know get to show reaction and yeah, take my wigs do, off when I'm ready to eat because I do love food so I take my time with getting back you know and it was really just a matter of me getting back to me like who is Kadeen in her body and wanting to get back to that but I have a question about just and this is just female culture why can't we celebrate the women who can snap back fast like why does it seem like 
yeah, there's a now, lot of shaming that goes it's a shame. on. It, you shame women who work hard. It's not, why is right, that? Because right. I really don't know as a man. Because plus for us as men, we competitive. Like, right. yo, I'm, I'm about to lose this weight. Right. Now, I know, granted, I didn't carry a whole fetus and grow a human inside of me. So right. I understand that it's completely mm-hmm. different. But why can't we celebrate women? You know, I agree with you. I'm, to I'm, be honest, like when you pose it, I never even thought it that way. I thought about it that way. But it's right. We should be able to celebrate women who are, you know what? That's their focus. They mm-hmm. want to get back within a certain time frame. I think people are not as kind to celebrities because right. they feel like celebrities have the means. True, they have resources. And they, they have, have resources. the resources to be able to do it. So a celebrity goes and gets pregnant. She has a baby. She has twins. And then she's in hiding for six weeks because she has a nutritionist and she has a nanny and she has a night nurse and she has mom and she has dad and she has, you know, a chef. She has all of these resources to help her snap back. But she has to do that because her body is her, her livelihood. But, and here's my thing, though. That also are insecurities from other people projecting their insecurities on, on that those celebrity. On people who, is, exactly. Right. Because, because they, they couldn't do it or it, they didn't have the resources to do it. On everybody. And they they want to project yep. them on Aisha Curry. They want to project them on Steph Curry. Because even men was projecting their insecurities on Steph. The funniest thing I heard <laughs> was a dude say, yo, I know what the problem is. Steph ain't hitting it right. <laughs> and I was like, yo, first of all, this nigga's all-time leading three-point field goal maker he in NFL everything. history. He don't miss shit. He so did. I know he hitting that. That was my first thing. <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, it was like this woman is talking talking about herself, right, right. and you found a way in your exactly. manliness to be like to Steph attack Steph. Ain't putting it down. That to me was a huge <laughs> insecurity, yo. You found a right. way to attack Steph, right? Exactly. Like that. Like that. Exactly. I, like, I, I was that. that you know, and, and conversely, talking about like even just like the insecurities around body image. If a celebrity were to walk out postpartum two, three, four months after having a baby and look a little bit out of shape or not have their hair they, completely done. Yeah, I know done. where you're going. Then they're going to be in everybody's shade room and everybody's platform dragging them remember for looking dragged, crazy. Remember they dragged Beyonce? Because remember after the uh, the storm in Houston, uh-huh. um, the storm in Houston where the um, the floods happened, okay. and she came out right afterwards, right uh-huh. after having the twins, uh-huh. and she had a little extra weight. And uh-huh. people were like, oh, look at Beyonce, look at like an auntie. It's like, damn. <laughs> so if she would have bounced back, she right. would have got dragged by all of the purists mm-hmm. that said, Oh, why you why you working out so hard? You should be taking care of those twins. Right. But since she took time with the twins, but then stepped out, and she right. wasn't concerned about all the TV because right. she's Beyonce. Like she don't always have to be on point all the time. She had to actually give a statement that said, "Yeah, I'm not in shape yet, but when I want to get back in performance shape, I can." It's like, yo, right? You at that, but you know what's funny? We talk about insecurities within marriage and stuff. We're noticing insecurities in society. Absolutely. So many people in the world have it insecurities. It's an individual person and thing. They it push is not a man their, woman versus it's man not, woman thing. Because a lot of people push their insecurities on the people you see on social media. Yep. And, and they don't even do it to just celebrities, they do it to their friends. Mm-hmm. You have a homegirl who just had a baby mm-hmm. who get back fast. It'd be their friends who push their insecurities on their friend. Oh, you know she got her body done. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. It'd be, it be dudes who push their insecurities on their homeboys. Their wife looking good on Instagram and, you know, oh, she want attention. That means that nigga ain't doing something right. Right. It really be other people right. who inject themselves yep. into other people's lives. Toxic. So, you know, going back to um, the insecurities, insecurities and stuff that you and I both felt at different points um, in our relationship, particularly when you were in the league and then you came back home and all you, and then it was like a, a role switch at that point because mm-hmm. I went from going out to pass the time that you weren't around to then you coming back home in the off season and then you wanted to go out almost as if it was a tit for tat. Yeah. And I was yeah. just like, bro, I thought you wanted to come back home and you couldn't wait to spend time with me. But instead, you wanted to be out now with these little freshmen 
girls. Oh gosh, here you go. With your little here you, friends. Here you go with your attitude. Now with your little, little freshman friends. friends. And now I was just like, friends. yes, it's your little friends. And I was just kind of like, bro, what's going on here? Well, I mean, so were your, were your insecurities real in that moment, or do you feel like you were just making these things up in your head? Like, was it imagined or was it real? No, I I, I had some real insecurities. I felt like for the four months that I was going through one of my hardest times trying to make an NFL team, you were out having fun. Right. And for me, it was like, finally the season's over. I made, you know, I made the team. I made some money. I'm back home now. I can relax. I'm going to have some fun. Mm-hmm. I was not having fun when I was there. Right. It was, it was a lot. But you came home and you wasn't trying to have fun with me. Like, I was the, expecting for us now together to go out and have some fun. And you were like, that's That's me nah. being, that was me being immature. That was me being 22 and saying, all right, you was out with your friends. Right. I'm going to be out with my friends. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? And going through that 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 whole thing with you not calling me and, and all that stuff, that, that hurt and right. it bothered me. Right. And it was very... You know, petty. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was petty that I was going to come home and I'm going to be like, you know what? I'm going out with my right. friends. You were petty before petty be- even became a thing. Like, you are just innately petty. petty. I was born this <laughs> way. You were innately way. petty. Like, yes. you were just always petty. Yes, So, very. So that's the, the one of the first things that was wrong. We yes. didn't communicate. We were assuming a bunch of things that were happening that maybe weren't even happening. And we created these stories in our minds about things that were transpiring yeah. that really weren't. Yeah. And in turn, putting a stress in our relationship. A, a huge stress. For what? Putting a huge stress because I was like, oh, that's the guy you be out with. Yeah, that's the one you be talking to. Right. Thinking that there was something more that wasn't there. And and, and it was it was a huge insecurity. I could admit it now. Mm -hmm. Couldn't admit it then. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was too I was too mule headed. Right. I was I was too young. Mm -hmm. I was too into myself. So at that time, I didn't admit it. Right. I was just like, nah, nah, nah. This is how it is. But Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Years later, I can admit that it was. It was a, it was a huge insecurity. Right. And, and you can't expect people to always recognize where they are during the time they're there. Right. Sometimes no, it takes not. time. To remove yourself from it a couple years. Right. To be like, oh, you know To what? look back. Because anytime we talk yeah. about this story or we like tell people this story and it's right. so funny because, of course, people are like, of course, DeVal is dramatic in the way he tells the story. I'm not dramatic. All these events are true. I, they're true, but the delivery. You're yes. a great storyteller. I'm never going to take that away from you, babe. But it's funny when we are able to tell the story now and we look I back on it and we're just that. like, yeah, I got you, babe. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny when we look back on it now because we're just like, damn, looking at it with, you know, that hindsight view. Well, do you feel like you were, your insecurities were real or imagined? No, they were real in that moment. Mm-hmm. They were definitely real in that moment because I felt like, you know. What do you think? I was, was going to meet much. like a video girl and just go. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I was like, he's going to meet some chick that's just going to like sweep him off his feet and she's going to fill this void and this deficit that I couldn't fill at that time. And it was such a major moment in your life. Like you bust your ass to get to the exactly. league. That's my point though. You bust your ass to get to the league. You were not like, you know, big dude first round draft pick that everybody right. was like, uh, I want to vow. Like you had to prove yourself to be there. So and that's what my focus it was. It was such a hard moment for you that I felt like, damn, like I can't be there. So there's somebody, even if it wasn't a physical thing, mm. I was more concerned about, is there someone who's emotionally going to be able to be there for DeVal in a situation where I can't. And that in turn drive us away from each other or drive us apart, you know, because we had a lot of moments where we were bickering about different things because we just, the distance was just killing us. Yeah. The distance was bad. And that, that brings us to the second point, which was talking about communicate. And don't assume. Mm-hmm. We did a lot of assuming. We did. I assumed a lot of things. Yep. You assumed a lot of sure things. Did. And we didn't communicate. Because no. during that time, I didn't tell you how I felt about all of those things. I no. mm-hmm. came across to you like everything was fine. Mm-hmm. And then I acted differently. Right. 
which was which is crazy now, you know, at this age in my life, I'm like, why would I ever do that? But I think now I'm I'm more solid in who I am right. to be able to say how I feel. But at right. that point, I was more focused on I'm an NFL athlete. I'm an alpha male. I can't show my weakness. Mm-hmm. I got to just be like, nah, I, ain't, I don't care. You go out with dudes. I don't care. Right. Go out with your homegirls. And then inside, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> ah, my baby. <laughs> you telling me that, I felt like, all right, well, he's good. He wants me to go out there and like enjoy myself and doesn't want me right. to soak around either. Right. So I felt like you were just being supportive when meanwhile, all this other shit was going on in your head. I was trying like, to be supportive, though. I really was. I, I was it. trying to be supportive. <laughs> I know you were. It just wasn't working out for me. I know. You know? I mean, it makes me think about, like, self-esteem and, like, confidence and what role that plays to in insecurities. Like, should, do you always count on me to kind of not massage your ego, but make you feel like, babe, like, you know, I have to uplift you and, and, and give you the sense of confidence and the sense of self-esteem? Or is that something kind of innate in nah. you? Or just in, in no, a person, that's, not that's, you per se. I, no, I mean, I think that's just in people. You you can't, there's nothing you can say or do to me to make me feel better about myself. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm having my down days, even now, right? there's nothing you can say. I, you can be supportive and I can feel your support. But if I'm have down, I got to find some internal motivations. And I've learned that with you. When I, I, rem, I remember this specifically, we were struggling because you were at home and at this point, we were in the NFL making a lot of money. You moved out there with me. You just didn't look happy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, let's go shopping. This is the first time I took you to a shopping spree. We went to, was that Northville Mall? Mm-hmm. Northville Mall. We was went it to Northville? We went to every store. You went to Gucci. You got no, a we Fendi bag. Oh, Troy. Somerset Mall. Somerset, Somerset, Somerset Mall. Mall. Yes. Shout out to Detroit. <laughs> You got you went to Fendi, Gucci, you know, this Louis is Vuitton. Good, but before we canceled Gucci, guys. Right, this, before, this, before. this is when we this had a before. good relationship with Gucci. Yeah, this is back but in now, the day. We broke up. All right. <laughs> Just to put that out there. <laughs> Gucci, we we ain't, we ain't fucking with Gucci. <clears throat> Sorry. So I took you shopping, and then we came back home, and I remember a couple of days later, you still just did not look. Right. So it wasn't happy. even the material things. It wasn't no. the material things. It wasn't me telling you how great you right. were. It wasn't me just telling you how much I love you. Right. You had to find it. Right. And you had to find that peace within yourself of who you are. Right. And I feel like with self-esteem, there's a reason why that word, that first word, their self, self. is there. It starts. It's because it starts with you. Exactly. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and the insecurities I felt at that time now. So so let me paint the picture for you guys. I had graduated grad school, you know, was like, great. I got my degree. I can now move out there, be with my man, you know, against my mom and my dad looking at me like, what? You about to go shack up where? Like, how am I going to tell your grandmother that you're living with this man out of marriage? <laughs> <It's> just, <that's laughs> Mother. But that was my mother. Um, but no, it was like, so now I'm out here. Okay, great. So what purpose do I serve? Right. Purpose. You know? Purpose. Having That's... a purpose when you are now, I'm there at your leisure and at your disposal. So now you're feeling better about the league. You're feeling better about, you know, everything you have going on. And I'm just kind of sitting there like, all right, well, what's in this for me now that I'm here? And that really just made me feel like the insecurities I felt now was what am I doing to help sustain this relationship? What am I doing to bring value to the relationship? It. I get it. And then it was like more insecurities. So insecurities don't ever stop, really. I no. think that it, it rears its, itself um, at different points throughout the relationship. Yeah. You know, different times you may feel insecure about different things. Um, but really, it's starting in the self. It's starting with the self and it's learning how to let it go. Mm-hmm. Let things go. Mm-hmm. You know, like, for example, that whole thing with you not calling me that night. You, if you continue to exist in the past, you can never exist in the present or move forward to the future. 
You can't control the things that you cannot control. So sitting there and trying to figure out ways to understand more how it happens, all that does is just create a conundrum of problems and yeah, you just stuck. Drives you crazy. You got to let things go. And I think we've both done that over the course of our Absolutely. relationship because we've had to. We both In 17 done years, if we didn't let shit go, <laughs> can oh, yeah. you imagine what we'd be like right now? We wouldn't now? be together. No, we wouldn't we'd, be together. Or, or we'd be together and we'd be angry and we'd hate each other. Right. And it would be a very cantankerous situation. Yeah. And what's the point in that? No point. Zero. Because I love you, you know? You yeah. little fine ass. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> That's one thing I'm secure about. Yeah. You know All I right. love you. Yeah. You know I love you. Yeah. Love you too. This for the record. There it is. A win for the ages. Tiger Woods is one of our most awe-inspiring sports icons. And his story, it comes with many chapters. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior. But here it is. The return to glory. This is All American, a new series from Stitcher, hosted by me, Jordan Bell. You realize Tiger Woods doesn't know who he is. Best in the history of golf. No question in my mind. And this season, with the help of journalist Albert Chen, we're asking... What if the story of Tiger Woods that the media has been telling, what if it's been completely wrong? All-American Tiger is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. All right, so you know we love to hear from you all out there in our listener letters segment. Uh, Let's see. I have a person who is slow to let a potential partner in and then falls hard for them once you trust them Mm -hmm. and share yourself emotionally. Do you have any advice for learning to trust, be open again, when that person hurts you emotionally as the relationship fails and you're left guarding yourself with more walls than ever before? Yikes. Well... This is the first thing I've learned. What's that? I've learned this from an old head, old head. Mm -hmm. Life is long. Mm -hmm. People often stay in relationships or feel like they have to hang on to stuff that's not working because they feel like they've invested all of this time. Mm -hmm. You waste time doing that. Mm -hmm. If you can tell after you've invested a little bit of time that it's not working, you better off just moving on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I I understand where she's coming from when she says she's slow to let a potential partner in. But then once you let the potential partner in and they start to let you down... Mm -hmm. If you're not willing to fight for it, right. just move on. Right. It becomes like, what are we doing here right. type of thing. And, and it's just move on. And I know? think also, too, when you are hurt or your trust is broken at that point, you really have to evaluate, like, okay, is this worth working through right. or not? Right. You know what I mean? And you can't take what happened in that particular situation there you go. into another relationship. Don't carry baggage. There you go. You, you know? know about baggage, 50 pounds over, right? <laughs> Kay always carrying baggage in the airport. That's Somebody the biggest thing on that one. buy me a luggage scale. That's the biggest thing. Do not carry baggage from past relationships into the into next. Into the next one. Because you'll automatically find issues right. if you continue to just say, well, the last person did this. Insecurities, insecurities. And then not you're fair. not giving that person a fair shot to be, you know, truthfully and, and authentically who they are. And so it, it sounds easy coming from us being that we've, yeah. we've been with each other for so long. Right. But um, I mean, we had opportunities to, to carry baggage. Yeah, we did. You know what I mean? We've had in the in the 17 years, we've both had our transgressions and we've had things that yeah. happen where we could have easily still held yeah. it over each other's head to Very this true. day. And we've made the choice to say, you know what? We can get past this. Of course, with time, 
you know, you get past things and you really try to outweigh the options and be like, is this worth sticking around for? And everybody knows their limit. I feel you. Everybody knows their limit. They know how much they can tolerate. So, you know, my advice would be to not take it into another relationship and really weigh out the options. If that trust is broken in some some instance or, you know, you feel like you can't emotionally open up to that person again, then is it really worth it? Don't carry baggage, but continue to be slow into these relationships. Mm-hmm. Can't fall fast and fall hard. That's how you get hurt. You got to learn people. So I applaud you for going in slow. Just don't carry the baggage. Nope. Now, the next listener letter. I've been dating this guy for a few months and things have been going so well. So well, I think I really may have found my match. But there's a catch. Ooh, there's always a catch. Oh, yeah. He doesn't want to have sex. Wow. Okay, well, let me just finish this. Well, maybe he's celibate. Hold on. At first, I thought maybe it was too soon that he was taking him a while. Meanwhile, I've been ready. She's ready. Uh, Uh He's being a gentleman. (laughs) But it's funny how he's being a gentleman. Now she's like, yo, this nigga take it to me. But now I'm at the point where I need it. And I like to see if we're compatible in that sense. So I brought it up to him and he changed the subject. We've stayed for each other over each other's houses and he slept in the bed, but no intimacy. Once we even slept in the bed with all his clothes on above the blanket, though. Ugh. Okay, I can see how that's kind of a little, you know, hmm. okay. How long do I wait before I move on? Is this normal? Also, little background on him. He used to be 400 pounds and lost the weight a few years. Well, there you have it. All right. Could now. this be a body image issue? Hell yeah. Help. Yo, I think you, it can be. She answered her the question. question herself. Right, at the very end. I'm going to tell you from a man's perspective because this seems like a, a very nice dude. Yes. He meets a woman. He's falling in love with a woman. He lost 400 pounds. He clearly is not happy with his image because he did something about it. He lost the weight. You don't know if he's happy with himself naked, Mm -hmm. but he meets this woman and he's falling in love with this woman. Mm -hmm. The last thing he wants to do is take his clothes off and she not be satisfied and he lose this woman. Right. So you know what he's probably doing? He's probably holding on as long as he can because he knows at some point he's going to have to take his clothes off. And he's probably worried that once he takes the clothes off, it's going to be a wrap. Right. What I would tell you to do is be patient with him. Someone, someone weighing four hundred pounds and losing the weight—that's a that's a hard road. That's not somebody who. That's someone who's invested. Yes. And respect. It takes a the discipline fact, to do that. An extreme discipline. Yes. And respect the fact that he's choosing to spend this time with you, mm-hmm. but let him know where you are. Be honest. Mm-hmm. Let him know where you are, and try to work him through it. Even right. if it's not just sex straight. Mm-hmm. Try to work different things, different intimacy right, things before right. you get to that level. That's what I was thinking. So he can feel comfortable right. getting to that point. So maybe it may be, you know, what would you starting do? with, I was going to say maybe starting with like. Tell me what you would do. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> Let me see. paint the picture for you. Yeah, she about to get nasty. You're so stupid. No, but like uh, just be, like you said, being intimate. So it could even start with like dim lights, for example. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, not doing it in broad daylight per se or with bright lights on. Maybe mm-hmm. like lighting a couple candles and making what it dim. What happens after you turn off the lights? And then, you know, start. Starting with the massage and kind of working it Ooh, there and see where massage? that was going. Where's she going to Shut up. I am trying to get this girl. I'm trying to help her too. I'm trying to help her. Okay. She's but, trying to get the no, tidbits. Yeah. She's trying to get she the tidbits. She's trying tidbit. to get a bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, in, in all seriousness, yeah. I hear you. But like, you know, make creating an environment where he begins to feel Continue. comfortable that he can now take off the layers, in a sense, layers of clothes and then the layers that he's built up of that guard that he has. Look at you with the, with the, the me metaphors. poetic See with the metaphors? I see. It be happening like that sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, make, you know, try to make it comfortable for him. And I mean, if you guys have been talking for a few months now and you feel like you have this intense connection maybe you can now open up the conversation Mm -hmm. about you know intimacy and see where he stands with it 
Well, she said that he he changed the subject. Right. She's gonna have to ease it in there. Yeah, you're gonna have, have to ease, ease it, in, girl, it in there, girl, and get you some. Yeah, and then get I mean, you some. yeah, he's he's take take the time <laughs> with the brother though. Right. Uh, shout out Aww. to the young man losing the weight. That's, That's dope. dope. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Shout out to dope. you for, for being, being willing and and, and yes. able to to work with him right. in this process. Right. So, shout out to both you guys. Turn right. out the lights. Turn Do a little massage, lights. like K said. Light a candle. Yeah. What song is that again? I like that song. I don't know. I don't so know. I'm an old soul. You know, I be liking them old tunes. You do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, work it out, baby. Work it out. So now it's time to the moment of truth. <sighs> All right. So much. This was a very like loaded, layered episode. I, I already feel told like. you what my moment of truth is. I came to it. All right. Go ahead. This is me. my moment of truth, yo. Mm-hmm. So many people put their insecurities on other people that nowadays people are afraid to share. And that's the truth. Mm -hmm. We all walk around with insecurities. I do. I know you do. And then when someone wants to share their insecurities, they get attacked by people who have their own insecurities, Mm -hmm. who want to project their insecurities on those people. And I think that there's a lot of that happening in social media because this is a new platform. People are learning how to use it. And it's easy Mm-hmm. to attack people it's giving everybody you, a voice it's so it's so easy to attack people when you can sit behind the keyboard mm-hmm. or you can sit behind somewhere and just say things say things and put it out so yeah, absolutely this this for me mm-hmm. has kind of opened my eyes up a little bit right and realize that it's not just so much about insecurities in relationships mm-hmm. but it's how other people's insecurities in the world can affect, affect your relationship you. yep Absolutely. That's a really good one. Yeah. That's a really good one. Because, again, in a time where people are asking for people to be honest and we're having all of mm-hmm. these conferences and we're having all these speakers and these panels where people are asked to be transparent and then you you get the transparency and then you just drag them for it. It's Absolutely. like, what's the whole point in sharing? What are we learning here? Exactly. You know, um, I think my moment of truth with all this is um, really realizing that you should not be taking insecurities that you have and building these narratives and stories around it that may have nothing to do with Mm. that moment or what caused it. So that means if you are feeling a kind of way about something, speaking to the person about Mm. it, and it doesn't have to necessarily be a significant other. It can be any relationship, just speaking about it in that moment, Mm. you know, and trying to really dissect why it is the insecurity lies or where it stems from, Mm. because it may not even be what you think it is. Example, my swimsuit Absolutely. story. I get you know? it. Absolutely. Um, so, so trying not to create these stories around insecurities that just may be absolutely nothing. And it may just be that, an insecurity that you have. Because we all have them. Yeah. They're normal. And I need you to put on a swimsuit when we get home so I can show you how insecure <laughs> you don't have to be. Okay. How secure I can be. Exactly. Well, does that, does that swimsuit come with a potential vacation? Because I'm in need of some sun. If it's going to take a vacation for you to put on a swimsuit so I can show you, you know, how special you are. You know, because this we weather can out go here on in vacation. New York, this weather out here in New York, it, you know, it, I was dying the other day because I saw a meme that said um, winter in New York be like, damn, I forgot my keys. Yo, it was it was bad. <laughs> Something like day. that. It was 47 degrees, degrees. May 13th. 40, right. What the hell? What in the world? Like, my, your girl is in need of a little bit of sun. Some vitamin D. Well, I got D, you. I'm going to get you some vitamin D. We're going to go on <laughs> Yo, vacation. I'll be, be setting myself up. And that leads me to the outro, man. Be sure to follow us on social media. That's I am DeVal. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate us and subscribe. Why you never give my handle? Because I was waiting for you to give you your handle, but you was thinking about vacation. I was thinking about and where you we didn't going. Get, so go ahead. Give your handle now. I like where we going. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
But be sure to follow me, Kadeen I Am, on Instagram. And definitely subscribe and tell your friends and give us a rating and a review and let us know how you're liking it so far. This is going to be our second in. Yes. So we'd love to hear what you guys are thinking so far. We have so much, so much, so much in store for you all. Yes. This is just the tip of the iceberg. We're trying to ease y'all in. Ease y'all into you, the podcast. You, you dropping a lot of, you know, a lot of innuendos I'm just letting today. Them know. Shoot, let's just, let's, just this podcast over. Oh, I got things to do. We All out. Right. Dead ass. Dead ass. Dead ass is a production of Stitcher. It's produced by T Square, Stephanie Karayuki, and Denora Pena. Our executive producer is Chris Bannon, and we'd like to give a special thanks to our recording engineer, Jared O'Connell, our sound designer, Brendan Burns, and studio manager, Ashley Warren. back. I'm Drew McGarry. And I'm David Roth. We have a podcast going on right now as part of the Stitcher Network called The Distraction. That's available everywhere you get your podcast at uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple. Go listen right now to The Distraction. Right now. It's out. Do it, please. <laughs>